prove to someone that you could help them by actually helping them. Just help them just solve a small problem. Because if you could help them solve a small problem, well, now they'll actually trust you to solve the big problem, right? Like that's the easiest hack there. Welcome to The Lensetter Show, the show that blends the art of sales, the science of success, and the strategies of real experts in the mortgage and sales industries to help you grow your client base, increase your revenue, and get in control of your life. I'm your host, Preston Schmidley. Kick back, enjoy the episode, and don't forget to subscribe. What's going on, friends? Welcome to this episode of The Lensetter Show. I'm really excited about this one personally because um, I'm bringing you guys my w one of my best friends, my business partner, McBilly C. He's an award-winning marketer. Uh, he happens to be a co-founder of my favorite marketing agency ever created, Good Vibe Squad. And uh, uh, so first of all, before we dive anything, uh, McBilly, thank you for hopping on the podcast today. Of course, bro. Um, you know, thank you for inviting me. Finally got on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's asked enough, uh, so we had to grant it. <laughs> no, um, uh, uh, McBill, I really appreciate you hopping on. Uh, uh, I know we both, you know, talked about doing this, uh, uh, and, and so I'm glad we can. So, um, on on today's episode, I really want to lean in. I know I know that your zone of genius is obviously marketing, uh, uh, primarily as a direct response marketer through paid traffic, but I also know that in the last year or so. Uh, well, I mean, I know you, this has been a part of your life for a long time, but like, I feel like you've really leaned into it for the last year or so, uh, YouTube and virality and, 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 and really taking that, um, kind of organic viral approach to marketing as well. And you've been diving in that. So I guess my first question, just to kind of kick this thing off and see where this discussion goes is what do you see as some of the, uh, like the things that stand out to you as far as where marketing is going in the mortgage industry, some things that you feel uh, people need to be paying attention to. I just want to kind of pick your brain on that. Uh, sure. Well, um, I mean, first of all, yeah, thanks for uh, having me and, you know, pretty excited about this. Um, the it's It really is interesting. You know, we talk about marketing. Um, there There's just a massive shift, especially now with consumer behavior, right? If you think about it. And um, there there's a stat that Google pushed out that, uh, like, there's research now that says 70% of people uh, make a consumer buying behavior before they speak with a business for the first time, right? Which is, like, that's a staggering number. And um, it's, if you think about that, that's, that's kind of scary, too, um, because what that means is, you know, you, you think about, like, the psychology and the science behind this, um, and, and that is what marketing is, right? There's a lot of tactics, there's a lot of tools, there's, there's, you know, there's AI, there's ChatGPT now. But at the end of the day, when you think about marketing and sales, it's human psychology, right? And that's why, you know, within the past, I mean, really for, for years now, you know, as we have built Good Vibe Squad and really dove in into this, uh, this field, you know, and I know it's like, it's super exciting for us, um, it's like understanding human psychology and with consumers now, it, it's, it's really is a shift in being a, because knowing that you have this and for the people listening, uh, I'm, I'm showing my phone <laughs> because we have our mobile phone now, uh, we know that we, we have the ability to be able to, uh, make the right decisions. And we actually know because we have access to information, we do not want to make the wrong decision. And so, you know, uh, we, th that's why it's so important to, to have reviews. I mean, 
think about, dude, I, I know we were, we were just buying, uh, you know, we were having Korean barbecue, uh, um, you know, over the weekend. Yeah, we were. Um, even as simple as Korean barbecue or if you're buying, you know, a tacos, we have to Google and read the reviews, right? Like, it's just human psychology now. And so we don't want to make a, a, a bad decision for ourselves. And so it's just like, now it is more than ever more important if you want to uh, grow your business and thrive and continue to, to thrive, uh, you really need an online presence and you need to be uh, uh, omnipresent now uh, through just online, right? This is the new business cards, right? Um, yes, you still want to have, you know, you could still have your, your business cards, you know, if you're in like networking events. Um, the uh, other side note to that is if you are going to have a business card, you want to make sure that you have a cool business card. You know, one thing that, that we've, uh, we've talked about is, um, you know, Popple, for example, or you could have those like transparent business cards because it's like, you know, people don't feel like they want to throw it away, right? Yeah. So that's a side note. Um, but like talking about the omnipresence, especially now, this is what we've done through Good Vibe Squad and with our members is you want to have both the lead generation, which is the paid marketing, but then also you want to have an organic channel, right? You really, this is like the time because uh, there's so much focus with trust-based marketing that it's not enough to just put out an ad, you know, get people to, uh, to, to buy immediately, right? If you think about the psychology people, most people think that you put up an ad, you know, uh, you, somebody clicks on it, and then they complete a form and an application, and then they schedule a call, and then uh, they just sign up right away, right? Like, all right, I'm taking an application. You know, uh, uh, you know, they complete it at 10:03 um, for for uh, for loan officers, and then they suddenly they just start looking for a house, and then boom, they put an offer, and then you're you're just closing. Wouldn't right? that be nice? <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. Um, but if you think about the reality, right? The reality is. That's not one journey, right? It's, uh, you start out, for example, all right, maybe something happens in their life um, and they start out, hey, um, you know what? I wanna buy a house, right? Um, they maybe start looking in Zillow or maybe they start looking, um, um, they're, they're driving around their neighborhood, they see a house that they like, huh, you know, um, I wonder how much house I could afford, right? And so now they start researching, they start Googling, and they start looking for resources. And at this time, they haven't spoken to a real estate agent yet. This is the time that you want to get to them, right? Before they speak with a realtor, because that way, if you're able to be at that point when they are doing the research phase, and you're able to educate them, and you're able to build a relationship with them, and you're able to provide so much value at this point, well, now, who do you think they're, they're going to go to when they actually want to get pre-approved, when they're actually wanting to buy a house? Before they even speak with a realtor, well, they're going to go to you first, right? Like, that's the power here, is we want to be able to really get into the mind of the consumer and really build out, you know, we call this in Good Vibe Squad our hybrid marketing, right? Because you want to combine paid traffic with the organic channel because this is how we're able to nurture your leads, your prospects, your opportunities, right? Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. You know, so you actually mentioned some stuff there. Um, you know, I know a lot of that was, uh, uh, well, as you call it, trust-based marketing, right? So the combination of the paid, the organic. Um, I, I recently read, 
and I don't think I told you this. I, re- I was recently in a, a Facebook group for brokers, and the, the discussion came up about, you know, website providers, who to use, uh, uh, you know, they people start talking about price and all that. And one guy said, consumers don't really use websites anymore. You shouldn't have to worry about that too much. Um, mm-hmm. If you have a Google My Business, you're fine. People can call you there. Uh, um, and... Now, I obvi- I, obviously, I don't agree with this, but I'm curious about your take on that because I, uh, it was said with such confidence, and it what it didn't sound like an uninformed. I mean, it, I think it's wrong, but mm-hmm. it's it's somebody who sounded like they had enough intellect on the topic to be able to discuss the language of it. You know, it's like the fact that they're even referencing Google My Business. I'm like, okay, well, that's not you know, mm-hmm. that's not your average uh, 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 originator that's talking about sure. different channels, right? So. What are your thoughts on the necessity of a website? And I know that that sounds basic, but I, I was really kind of shocked at that even entering the discussion. Um, and, and what do you feel are the required channels for a, an originator, a broker to have uh, at this point in, in business? Sure. Um, I mean, when you think about, uh, when you think about from, from that perspective, uh, first, there's uh, quite a bit of things that we want to kind of take account for. One is, can you even have a website, right? Um, and this is kind of just dependent on, you know, who you are. Um, and, you know, if you're a mortgage broker, then, yeah, you, you can have uh, your own website. But, you know, I mean, we also have members, you know, if you're, if you're working for a bank or a retail shop, um, you know, compliance. based on, like, compliance, right? Like, you, some of them, uh, they have a, a website through the company, and that's okay, too, right? Um, but the, the thing is, I think... Uh, if if somebody says this with that much confidence, um, to a degree, I would agree to a degree, right? Because, and, and the reason why I would agree, but also disagree, is because there's there's a difference between what is the perfect situation, right? Now, uh, what is the ideal situation, but what is the first step, right? Because the thing is, and we know this, man, like, uh, I mean, you, you know it, bro, like, um, there's, there's an element here where you could be overcomplicating things, right? Complexity is the enemy of execution, right? For sure. And so, I mean, I, I have to personally, uh, um, you know, just, like, really learn this the hard way, for my, even for myself and for us, right, is because... I'm a perfectionist. I know you are as well. You know, we want the best in things. We want to, you know, to have, uh, uh, to provide the, the best service, the best, you know, the best everything. But there's also an element where we always, um, uh, I really believe in the HIME principle, right? So HIME principle is H-I-M-E, high impact, minimum effort. And so <clears throat> if you think about having a website in it by itself in a vacuum, that is super important. However, however, if you do not have a Google My Business account yet, or if you do not have your social media set up yet, then I would say that the website is not as important, right? Because you want to have your social media accounts first because that's how you can immediately get and tap into the traffic and the audience within those platforms, right? And if people will, you know, people will Google you, right? If people Google you, well, Google owns Google My Business, and they, you will, that is what pops up in the search results, right? 
And if I'm in, uh, in Google Maps, you know, if I'm searching for you know, mortgage broker near me, a loan officer near me, within Google My Business, there's three factors that allow you to have a, a high ranking in the SEO, so search engine optimization, is there's the uh, relevancy, how relevant you are based on the search uh, uh, terms that people are searching for, but there's also proximity, right? And so proximity, this is for local SEO, Google looks at how close you are to the actual person because most people, if you're using maps, you're using your phone, right? And so they look at proximity and the people that are closest to you with the highest relevancy and, and credibility um, on this, meaning you know, the more links you get, right, um, you will get a higher ranking, okay? Um, now, for, the, uh, for social media, you, know, you talk about platforms. This is what we do for Good Vibe Squad, okay? Um, so you wanna have, uh, we have three phases here. When you are wanting to do organic marketing, we, we always start with three phases. So the first phase is you wanna start with our MVP. So uh, MVP is, we call this your minimum viable profiles, okay? And so within these, uh, you wanna just, uh, uh, the reason why we call it minimum, minimum viable profiles is, uh, man, like we've seen people put so much effort into like posting every single day, you know, they're posting so many things, and, um, and that's cool, but, if you, do not if you do not set up your profiles correctly where your profiles need to look like and be set up like a sales page, right? Meaning we know how the uh, people's attention span is just like, we, we, we have such a short, short amount of attention span for people that um, if they open up your account, it's gonna take them five seconds and then they bounce out, right? And so within that you know, first five, eight seconds, which is like the average attention span now, um, we wanna be able to immediately capture their attention to show immediately what you do um, and just like be able to show what you could offer and uh, how they can at least know, like, and trust you, right? Those are the three things. And so uh, within that, we wanna set up your, your profiles to be like a landing page, to be like a sales page, and then you wanna start out with um, just the big five, right? So there's the big five social media accounts. So you got Facebook, you got Instagram, you got Google My Business, and then you got uh, LinkedIn, and then you got Twitter, right? Now, it's X now, um, <clears throat> which is, uh, that's, uh, that could be a separate conversation uh, with uh, how Elon Musk has been uh, rebranding Twitter, um, but we still call it Twitter, you know, I still call it Twitter. Um, and so th those are the big five. Now that is for your main social accounts, now, when you want uh, now for video, right? For video, it would be the additional two, which is YouTube and then TikTok, right? So those are seven of the profiles that, if right now you do not have this yet, I would say go ahead and start, you know, signing up for all seven of these, right? Now you don't need to constantly post every single day. This is phase one, because the thing is, and th the truth of the matter is, it takes a lot of effort, right? It really does. And um, you, know, you have to be intentional about this. And there's so many times that we've seen people that try to get into this uh, trap of like trying to post uh, um, you know, every day, um, trying to post to multiple platforms every day, that's even worse. Um, if you haven't set up your accounts yet, you kind of get trapped into this like hamster wheel of like just posting content, right? And it's a lot of work 
if you do not have the intentionality of things, right? Mm. And so the way that we have uh, uh, tweaked this for us, um, what really has worked for us and for our members in Good Vibe Squad is instead of posting, um, you know, or instead of starting to just post every day, you want to start with setting up your profiles for inbound traffic, right? Instead of outbound, where you're, you know, you're constantly like, posting uh, actively, we want uh, um, like inbound traffic first so that we set up your accounts and then um, you, you want to make sure that you have a great uh, profile photo, right? Um, just quick hacks here is your profile photo needs to be zoomed in, um, showing your face, uh, preferably smiling, something that stands out. Um, we have seen people that use, you know, kind of just like, you know, maybe they're into like motorcycles, for, for example, and they use a motorcycle photo there. No, 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 you don't want to do that. Make sure it's your actual face, um, and then it shows uh, you're a real person. You know, bright brightness uh, uh, really ha helps. And then uh, you want to have that description, your elevator pitch, right? So usually in the description, we and we have a, a separate training that really dives deep into defining your origin story. Um, you know, what got you and led you into this business, so that people do want to really work with you, right? Because it's all about relationships. And so, um, you know, being able to uh, create your elevator pitch, add in social proof is the other thing that you really want to do, which is like your I help statement. So I help first time home buyers, you know, uh, buy uh, or, or reach the, their, their homeownership dream, for example. Or basically, it's like I help X with X without, you know, X, right? And so, um, for example, um, you could also tweak it to be um, <clears throat> you know, adding in social proof um, where I've been in this business for 20 years, for example, um, you know, 100 plus five-star reviews. Um, and and the, the, the things that we've seen here is keep in mind, if you do not feel like um, you, don't, you don't have that much reviews yet in like one platform, I mean, you could combine this too, right? We've seen and we've had actual uh, clients and members uh, sign up and uh, they've had, for example, um, uh, multiple, like over hundreds of reviews with their previous company. Mm. But unfortunately, they were not able to set up their own Google My Business account, yeah. which is why it's really important, guys, that you create your own Google My Business account that you own, right? Because this is a marketing asset that as you build your five-star reviews in there, this is going to be your tool that really helps you out. Uh, throughout your career, throughout your mortgage business, right? Um, I cannot uh, emphasize how many times we've seen, you know, clients join Good Vibe Squad, and then um, they just move to a new company, and they've had hundreds of reviews just basically disappear, and now they have to start from scratch because all of their reviews were in the the company, right? And so, um, you know, if you could take that and um, uh, uh, and then create your own. But you could combine this to say, like, all right, well, you know, 100 plus five-star reviews, you know, add more social proof because it's really important, especially now, right? People will Google you. People re will read your reviews. And then for those reviews, uh, another quick hack is you want to make sure that you respond and you reply to the five-star reviews. And here's the thing. When you reply to them, um, you want to add in keywords, right? Because this is the other uh, factor for Google for, for them to rank you is adding keyword-rich reviews that use relevant keywords, right? So for example, you know, first-time home buyers, right? 
um, hey, uh, um, you know, really appreciate, uh, thank you for uh, sharing your uh, advice. Uh, uh, thank you for sharing your review. Um, you know, um, as you know, I'm very, uh, I'm very passionate about helping first-time homebuyers in Chicago. And, um, you know, uh, adding in those keywords is going to help a lot. And, um, you know, uh, uh, we were so happy to help you with your VA loan, for example. Um, and so, like, adding those keywords, it's going to help you rank. And here's another quick hack, Preston. Um, <clears throat> for the people that are wanting to do, to increase more uh, uh, ranking for their Google My Business, and keep in mind, we have uh, separate trainings on this if you guys want to check it out in, in, in our YouTube channel. Um, but the, um, the uh, quick hack that you guys can immediately do is when you are in the closing table, okay? Um, when you're in the closing table um, with your borrowers and you're uh, closing it, um, what you want to do is uh, you want to, at that moment, you know, of course, you know, provide a ton of value. You know, you've already built a, a ton of rapport and relationship uh, at this point. You want to get a selfie photo with them on the closing table. One is that's just really good social proof. You want to keep doing this consistently, right? Um, and then the, 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 the trick here or the, the hack or the tactic that's easy to do is you want to create a QR code on your phone, okay? That way it's easy where you could just share it. Like, hey, you know what? Um, you know, uh, I'd really appreciate if you just share, like if you spend two minutes just sharing an amazing, uh, uh, you know, uh, your honest review about your experience, um, you know, throughout this whole process. And then boom, you just pull it up on your phone. You have a QR code. And what you do is you have, you take a selfie photo using either your phone or their phone and then we take that selfie photo, what happens is if you take it because of your phone, your phone will automatically add a geographic like metadata where the photo will now be associated to that specific location. And when they put a five-star review with the photo, Google will also rank, it will see the metadata and the more photos uh, that Google sees from that specific location, it, you will immediately get a boost in your local ranking because Google starts to see all of this data that uh, you are actually relevant in that specific proximity, in that specific location, right? So, um, I mean, you know, that's, there's a ton of, uh, of, 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 of like specific things that you could do, but again, it's the Jaime principle. You wanna start, what is high impact things that I could start in a minimal effort so that's just phase one, right? You just want to set up all your accounts. Now, phase two here is you want to now be more proactive in creating co content, posting content. But here's the thing where most people uh, um, like fail, okay? Because again, it, this does take effort and intentionality. Phase two is you only want to focus with one platform, okay? This is like building a muscle, right? If you're starting to post content, I promise you it is, it's gonna, you are gonna be, uh, it's gonna be so much harder when you're trying to post in like multiple platforms all at the same time, right? Because, you know, uh, Instagram is, is gonna have their own format, you know, Facebook is gonna have their own format, uh, um, you know, YouTube, TikTok, they're, they're gonna have all of their different formats, right? So you wanna have, you wanna focus with one platform first, right? And, um, you know, once you start building that muscle, once you start actually posting consistently, and that is the keyword here, is we want consistency, right? Um, now, that easy, easy hack for this, guys, when you're creating content, 
is uh, we like to uh, use what's called uh, misconception marketing. Okay, so misconception marketing, guys. This is uh, the like this is an easy way to, to think about this. Is what is a common misconception in your industry that most people believed, and then you just call it out. Okay, so uh, three. Uh, three steps here, right? So it's basically you 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 need a, you need to call them out using a hook. You call out the misconception, and then second is you tell a story and you explain why it's a misconception and what it really is supposed to be, and then you close with a call to action on what you want them to do. Whether it's um, you know uh, like this message, you know follow me for more tips just like this, or click the button, you know DM me for uh, for help. You know, uh, I, I'd love to, you know, go over a, a free review with you uh, on, on, on how to uh, create this game plan for you to get pre-approved, right? Um, and so, so an example for this, so common misconception, hey guys, uh, not everyone knows this, but you don't need 20% down to be able to buy a house, right? Um, and then you explain what it is. And then, um, and then now it positions you as the expert, right? Um, and then you just have, hey, if you want to learn more about this, click the button below, uh, subscribe, and uh, I'll see you in the next video, right? So it's very easy, you know, there's like, but it's, it's catchy too, right? Because it's something that people are looking for because it is a misconception. That, okay? also, that also speaks to uh, kind of a way to circumvent the expert's curse. You know, one of the things that I see too, so many people in the mortgage industry do is they get into techno babble because you know they, their product knowledge evolves over time, their experience and exposure evolves over time, and so you know they just start rattling off acronyms and terms to borrowers like they for some reason are at the same level, right? And uh, the thing I love about this misconception marketing is you get to talk about things that position you as an expert that even if you're fresh to the industry is deployable. Uh, because you only have to be a week ahead of the class, right? And so it's like if you know more than your borrowers, you're golden. Um, and if you, as long as you have, like for the things you don't know, as long as you have a place to go, an outlet to get that information, which obviously if you have a, you know, a branch manager or whatever, you should be fine. So I really, I really like that strategy because whether you've been doing this for so long that you're kind of subject to the expert's curse and you complicate things, or if you're new – the misconception marketing is something that really everybody could do to position themselves as an authority in a market um, in a simple way, which is, I think that's a great tactic. Right. And I mean, you brought up uh, also, Preston, it's, it's very important, guys, that we want to use very simple layman terms, right? Because, uh, I mean, you know, that's like peop the the general population has an average like reading level of like you know grade five level right and so we want to use words that especially being you know depending on your industry right now in the mortgage industry there's so many like you know complicated terms and so we really want to dumb it down right and uh that's why this technique this misconception marketing is is really an easy strategy and then more importantly if you guys need another tactic to even make it more simple is using analogies, right? Like what are analogies that you guys can use to make it even simpler and easy for them to understand based on their just, you know, uh, uh, common words, well, right? Well, that kind of even goes into Russell Brunson's kind of like bridge, 
you know, um, mm. anytime, right. anytime he's, he's trying to explain something and, and obviously he coined this, I believe. Uh, uh, but anytime he's trying to explain something, you know, the example he uses is when they were selling, uh, um, ketones, uh, to, mm. to get people into ketosis, his example is, you know, he's talking about ketones and then it's, you know, where most people get super technical with like the biological terms and all that, you know, and then obviously the consumer is like zones out cause they can't go there with you. Um, what he, what he does instead is he goes, uh, you know, ketones are kind of like, uh, if you had a thousand, uh, motivational speakers flowing all throughout your body at the same time. Right. And it's like, well, what does that really mean? I don't know. But would a kid kind of understand it? Yeah. You know, and so the kind of like bridge uh, almost sounds like what you're talking about is like using yeah. analogy, using simple comparison to be able to make it so the average person can understand. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, the and this is really important, right? Because, I mean, uh, uh, a confused prospect, you know, is never going to be a buyer. Right. Uh, yeah. um, and so it's so so that's step two here is just focus with one platform, uh, build a muscle, uh, generate consistency, and then step three, this is where you could go omnipresent, right? This is where you are able to now uh, take one piece of content and repurpose that content, mm -hmm. right? It's, 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 and there's a lot of tools already for this um, that you guys can even leverage, um, you know, a lot of AI tools that even uh, help with this. But um, this is what this is based on our experience, guys, is, um, you know, there's so many people out there that, you know, kind of make it sound so easy. Um, but the, the truth of the matter is you want intentionality here and you want the consistency. So focus on platform. Once you have that, now you could go omnipresent and you create a long form piece of content, right? Whether it's a, you know, two to three minute video. Um, and then from that two to three minute video, now you could repurpose that. Let's say you start, you know, you post that in YouTube, for example, um, or you could post that in Facebook. Um, uh, you know, these are like more like long form pieces of content. And then from there, you could chop that up, right? You could chop it up f to, you know, having like four or five 30 second videos, right? And then those 30 second videos, 15 second, 30 second videos, now you post it in TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, right, LinkedIn, right, uh, uh, YouTube Shorts, and so, uh, and then the other thing is when you have the website, which we talked about earlier, uh, you want to also post that into a blog, right? You can embed the YouTube video within a blog article, which one, it's also going to help with your SEO because blog articles these rank really, really well, and so, uh, and then from there, once you have a blog article, you want to also send that into your email list, right? Into your uh, CRM. And so now you're really targeting and, and hitting them in all of the platforms. And that's why, I mean, if, you know, you guys uh, probably seen us, if you've been following us around, you just see us constantly everywhere, right? Because this is what we're doing is we're being omnipresent. We're hitting you guys in all of the platforms. That way we stay top of mind, but then also we're also building that relationship. Well, one, one thing, too, for, for those that are watching or listening to this, um, for an actual literal example of this, this is a podcast episode, right? So if you go to, to, to Good Vibe Squad's Instagram, you'll notice chopped up short form content, mm. reels, all kinds of stuff. So we start with something that's 30 to 60 minutes. And then our creative team obviously takes that and, you know, they do their magic and get it to every format they need to do it to put it on the various platforms. 
Um, and the cool thing is you don't have to have a creative team. That, like he said, there's, there's tools uh, uh, that you can use uh, to do this if you really want. Um, but uh, but it's, a good, it's a good actual example to see, okay, so how does this even work? Well, just take the longer form content and then once you have that, that's the starting point. You know, it's not like you're having to shoot a bunch of 30 second videos. I mean, you can, but if you just have a longer piece of content, you'd be surprised how many things you can pull out of that. And there's a wide variety of ways that you could do that. A podcast is probably one of the easiest, um, the, you know, just from an equipment standpoint, you could probably spend, I mean, honestly, you could probably spend less than a hundred bucks if you really wanted to, to, to get it going. Um, but for a few hundred dollars, you can have a really good setup. Like we have a mobile podcasting setup that I think the microphones were like 250, 300 bucks each. I mean, it wasn't mm -hmm. bad. But but I can take it wherever we go. Um, you know, we shot the Natty Bandisack uh, 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 episode with it, right? You're using mm -hmm. one of them right now. It's a fantastic microphone. Yep, it's a really good one. Seriously. Yeah, Sir yeah. And M7. Yeah. So E7. so um, that's uh, uh, you don't have to overcomplicate this. It's actually you know uh, I would actually recommend if you if you're like well you know it sounds nice McBilly but. I don't have content. I don't have, you know, you're talking about phase three being omnipresent. I don't even have these channels set up yet, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, we'll start by getting the channels set up. But also, you'd be surprised how, how fast you can actually become like a local celebrity through something like a podcast. So as a loan officer, if you want to start a podcast, A, it's, it's a way to give exposure to your real estate agents or real estate agents you want to do business with, which obviously that helps boost their credibility, their reputation, and, and, and gives them kind of an extension of your traffic, your center of influence. So that's obviously great for the relationship. But I mean, you could do this for a best, you know, you could, you could uh, have a podcast, a segment of your podcast where you interview the owner of the best, you know, restaurants in town, right? Or whatever. It doesn't, it, 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 it's about creating that like connection, connection to a community. Um, and from that, you can chop that up and, you know, I mean, McBee, how many pieces of content you think you can get from a 60 minute podcast? Oh my God. So much. Um, it's keep in mind too. Um, so if you have a 60 minute, uh, episode, especially if it's a podcast format, just like this, where you're maybe interviewing someone, there's so many like talking points that you could get, right? Like you, you could literally clip. So for us, I mean, we easily get from like one episode, we could get between 10 to 20, like so many pieces of content. Uh, and keep in mind, that is just one format, right? Um, because for example, for us, the way that we chop this up is you have, uh, you also have to take into consideration um, the format of the actual video, for example. So um, if you think about, this goes back to like understanding your consumer behavior, right? So when you think about people in YouTube, for example, if they are in YouTube, what does that mean? They are, well, YouTube is a video platform. So now they are in the mindset of consuming content, right? Usually when you're in YouTube, you're either looking for education or entertainment. Really, those are the two factors that you go to YouTube for. Yeah. Um, and so usually their audio is also going to be turned on, right, if they're in YouTube. Um, and because they're consuming YouTube stuff, most of the time, the, the ones that really work really well there is the 16 by 9 format. And this is really just like the rectangular kind of format. Now, if you're talking about for social media, though, there's actually a, a stat that I, I was reading 
and there's 85% of people in social media is playing video without audio, right? Like think about it. I mean, most of the time, you know, I'm scrolling through Facebook and, you know, I could be in the bed, you know, uh, with my wife and she's sleeping. So I'm like consuming content. Well, I'm not going to turn on the audio, right, right? right? Not unless I'm, you know, I plan to sleep in the sofa, right? <laughs> uh, and so, um, and so, yeah, I mean, you don't have audio for that. So now you have to take that into account. But then also format-wise, what works in social media with, uh, with Facebook and Instagram are square videos and then reels, right? So that's more of like the vertical ones. So TikTok style, right? Reels, TikTok. And so now you take this one piece of episode and, I mean, easily for us, we, we, we get between uh, uh, 10 to 20 reels and then we would get maybe five, five like, short, shorter versions of, like, clips. And so, I mean, that's easily already, like, 25 pieces of content, <clears throat> right? And so, I mean, that's already close to, like, a whole month of content from, like, one video. Well, and that's not even, I mean, that's just video, right? You could even go even further with it, and you could take quotes from it, and you could make quote images and do posts. I mean, there's, you know, you have a 60-minute piece of content. There's so much you can do with it. it it's uh, it's amazing how far that can take you. So, I, I, I think it's I think that's really valuable to talk about, um, you know, the the idea of being omnipresent. But I also think that takes us kind of to a really important talking point, because really, I feel like nothing that we're talking about is, is uh, relevant if this doesn't exist. And that's traffic. So right. let's talk about traffic. Uh, and and um, for the audience listening, if you don't know what we mean by traffic, this has nothing to do with, you know, being on the roads. Uh, um, you know, or road congestion. This is about this is about the amount of people going to and from your assets. Could be a website, social media, could be paid ads, uh, going to a landing page. You know, there's a wide variety of, of places traffic comes from. But you know, one of the things I see all too often on the other end of the spectrum is people spend thousands of dollars on a website. They they spend all this time and preparation trying to build this asset, and they have nobody going to it. And so it's like, it's like putting a billboard in the middle of the desert and it's like, that's nice, you know, and you can brag to your friends and family about it, but it's not going to pay the bills, right? So talk to us about the implications of traffic going through this process, where you feel like some good starting points to get traffic might be. Right. So, uh, I'm, so there's, there's several, uh, there's several ways to think about it right now. Interestingly enough, and this is where we, we've seen most people kind of uh, uh, struggle with is because when they think about traffic and even just like marketing in general, they focus first on the platform, right? Now, let's take a step back here. When we think about what is an ideal marketing, right? Like how do you actually like market effectively? Mm. Um, and so there's really three M's that you want to have, right? So it's having the right, going after the right market with the right message through the right media, right? So 3M, so market, message, media, and how you wanna, the best way to kind of think about this is your market is your audience, and then your message, this is your offer, right? What are the messages and offers that you are putting out there so that people see and know and, and, and like realize what you offer to them, right? Um, whether you're selling a product, whether you're selling a service, right? 
And then third is where, what is the platform that you're using this? The easiest, and the reason why this is so effective and so crucial is you need to have these three things actually lining up and matching up, right? And the reason why this is super crucial is uh, an easy analogy. So it's kind of like what Preston was talking about and, and Russell Brenton talks about this kind of like analogy is, well, this is kind of like if you are a singer, right? Uh, the, the, the market is your crowd, the message is your song, and the media is your stage, okay? Now, here's why this is really important. You could be the best singer, right? The best singer, you could be Taylor Swift, right? Who's like selling like $8,000, $16,000 tickets right now, which is insane. Um, and so you could, you could be Taylor Swift having the best singer, you have a $2 million platform, uh, a media stage, and you could have the best you know, Billboard song. But if you, are, if you are singing to an Eminem crowd, yeah. then your music is going to bomb, right? Your concert is going to bomb. And so it's so important that you need to have the right message through the right media going to the right audience, right? And so this is what we've seen most people uh, uh, um, like Trip is they focus first on the media, right? All right, well, all right, McBilly, all right, Preston, you know, should I start a YouTube channel? Should I start a TikTok channel? You know, should I, you know, start posting in Facebook or Instagram? Now, those could all be the right answer, potentially. It just depends first on who is your market and what message are you putting out there, right? And so when we think about, when we think about marketing now, and uh, having those in alignment. So how do we actually do this, right? There's three levels and angles that you could really focus your marketing with, okay? And so, um, so the first one is what most people uh, focus their marketing with is what's called product-focused marketing, right? Or product or service focus. And so, you know, they really focus on, hey, I got the best rates, you know, uh, I could get you the cheapest rates, uh, I, I, I close fast, right? Um, I have amazing, you know, loan programs, home programs. Uh, I, and it's just like all product, right? FHA loan, uh, um, you know, VA loans. You know, I, I'm, I have the best service. And the, the dude, like one of the, one of the easiest examples here in why you could see how prevalent this is, is people really focusing on the product is Shark Tank, right? Like, and I'm a huge fan. I love Shark Tank. Um, but you think about Shark Tank, guys, like everyone there is like focusing on the product, right? Like, oh my God, you know, I created this like amazing uh, um, you know, glitter box that glitters and it's powered by AI and, you know, like it like sings and dances and like, you know, and, and but the thing is they, they're focusing on their product and they're selling their product, but now they have this like sob story of like, you know, oh my God, I put my life savings on this product to build this product. And if you guys don't invest in my company, I'm going to go bankrupt, right? And so, uh, and so yes, um, it's important to have an amazing and great product. You know, I do not discount that. But if you are doing product marketing, that means you are going broad, right? You are just selling to everyone. And when you sell to everyone, you are selling to no one. And so that's the first level of this. And so you want to get to the next level, which is by focusing on the audience, right? So this is the audience-focused marketing, right? Um, and so with audience-focused marketing, 
This is really diving in into understanding your audience and who you're going after, right? Now, when you're going after your audience, what are the different ways that you could like niche down, right? So first is uh, by going after affinities, for example. And this is what we have done is, and why we've actually created you know, our own home program, uh, the Hero Home Programs, is like going after specific affinities and niches. So for example, uh, and we've seen this, you know, a lot of our members and uh, by focusing on certain uh, demographics of people. So for example, hey, you know, I primarily serve uh, uh, veterans, right? Uh, or going after uh, VA specifically. Um, so that's an example. But then even further than that, when you go into the demographic, right? Uh, what are their age, right? What are their, uh, uh, who is there? Like, are, are they parents? Do they have kids, right? And so, and then the next one is, uh, uh, so demographic and then geographic, right? Well, you know, if I say, just for example, let's say I'm a loan officer and I say like, hey, I am the number one loan officer in the whole US, well, I mean, yeah, great. Like, yeah, probably not, right? Like, not really. No one's going to believe me. But if I go down and go really niche, right? So, for example, if I say, like, all right, well, I am, uh, uh, I primarily serve, you know, immigrants, because I'm an immigrant. And then uh, I, I go niche down even further, uh, millennials, right? Because I'm a millennial and I could speak further uh, into the millennial crowd. If you are an immigrant millennial and, and uh, you were Chinese, uh, because I'm Chinese, and then I say, yeah, if you're an immigrant and you are uh, a Chinese and uh, you're a millennial and you live in Chicago, I am the number one Chinese immigrant yeah. uh, uh, loan officer in Chicago, right? Like I could actually say that, right? And so like the more that you niche down, this is now you're really honing in and, and really honing in into your audience. But here's, you could even take this a step further, right? So even uh, uh, more than uh, audience marketing, you could really go deep into customer marketing, right? Like understanding uh, uh, the, your customers in a deeper individual level, right? Now, uh, for an audience perspective, this is broad still, right? Like it's still a group of people. You're still, you're niching down, but it's still a group of people. But as a customer, now you're really thinking of the individual, right? Now we're really diving into their psychographic, right? What is their hopes? What are their dreams? What are their aspirations, right? What is their desires in life as a person? Now I could really think about their psychographic and really diving into that. Like you would think, I mean, for example, for us in our industry as mortgage, you know, in, for mortgage professionals in real estate, you know, people talk about buying the house, but guys, they're not really buying the house or that's not the reason why they want to buy the house, right? There's a deeper psychological sure. reason why they're buying the house, whether it is because they're having, a, you know, they're having kids. For example, for us, we're planning for kids right now. I just got recently married earlier this year. And so you know, they, they want a better, safer neighborhood, right? They want a better school. This even goes deeper into understanding the psychological status, right? It's a status symbol. So you know, they could have grown up, you know, uh, for example, for, uh, as an immigrant, <laughs> You know, this is a status symbol of success, right? If, 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 for the whole, if I live my whole life just renting and, you know, hearing from my parents, hearing from all my families who have just rented, 
there is a psychological longing to actually finally achieving this American dream of home ownership, and there's a status symbol to it, right? There's, it's a deeper feeling to it. And so really understanding their hopes and desires allows you to communicate even stronger messaging and actually connecting with your customers and being able to really speak to their desires. And now you're able to really attract and separate yourself amongst all of your competitors. Well, that status right? also goes, goes deeper than that too. I mean, you know, it, it uh, status is a weird thing. Uh, it's something that, uh, it's a, it's kind of a cognitive bias of sorts or it taps into cognitive biases quite, quite uh, easily. Um, and it's something, if you're interested in sales and psychology, you really need to understand status. Um, but it's interesting to see how that can take effect because sometimes people buy a house because they want to be seen as a good husband. They want to be seen as a provider. They want to be respected by their children, their parents. Their, there's so many reasons, right? Maybe they've, maybe they've spent their whole childhood uh, uh, under a, a roof where their parents you know, demeaned them and you, you know, you'll, never, you'll never amount to anything. You know? And so now they have a chip on their shoulder going, yeah, I'll show you, right? I'll show you that I'm successful. I'm, I'll show you that, you know, and so it's like that's status in a way. It's not status like your average Mercedes type of status, but status as in I want in the hierarchies that I'm in, right? And your family is a hierarchy of sorts and it's a hierarchy on top of other hierarchies in your life. I want to be seen as somebody worthy of being on top of the hierarchy, right? I want to be well-respected. I want to be loved. I want to be, you know, whatever. I, I, want to, I want to be missed when I'm dead, right? These are things that we all make decisions and we do different, uh, we make different choices based on how we want to be seen, how we want to be acknowledged. Um, and so, uh, honestly, that's one of, like, when I listen to calls from our members, that's one of the things I hear so often is, you know, if you, if, if, when our members actually give the, the, the consumer, the ability to kind of, you know, they can, they can kind of get into a few wise deep to figure out what's actually going on under the surface. And you hear that you, it's a lot of family driven stuff, emotional reasons, you know, people want to be loved, respected. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it probably sounds simple. I guess it is simple, but it's, it, this is the human experience. You know, this is, we all want yeah. these things on, to, to, and, from somebody and for some reason. Right. Right. And uh, I mean, it, it also just kind of ties back to just if, if we understand, you know, consumer buying behavior and why, right? Like why, what, why are they doing what they're doing? What are their, their hopes and desires? And um, uh, the, so, so let me tie this back to your original question on traffic, right? Now, that's, that's the core uh, uh, thing that we want to start here is we really need to understand your, uh, your market message media match first. Um, but then when you think about traffic uh, and, and, and getting customers now, getting uh, uh, leads, well, there's three ways. There's only really three ways that you can uh, generate traffic, right? You could either buy traffic, you could rent traffic, or you could own traffic, okay? And so now, and this is what we've done through our hybrid marketing approach uh, with Good Vibe Squad, is we want to combine both the paid traffic, where we're buying it through ad platforms, right? So that could be you know, Facebook ads, uh, Instagram ads, it could be TikTok ads, uh, you could do YouTube ads, you could do Google ads, right? So pay-per-click. Um, and so from there, uh, you, you buy the traffic, but then you also want to rent 
the traffic, right? And rent is, this is where your organic channel really comes in. And this also includes your referral partners, right? Because these, these types of traffic, these types of business are the traffic that we cannot control, right? We're renting it um, because, and, and, and it's really important that we understand that we do not own this traffic, guys, because even if, and even if you own, let's say a YouTube channel or maybe an Instagram account that has over 100,000 subscribers, right? It could be 100,000 subscribers. You, you, you've worked years and years and you built out this like really successful following. Well, guys, we and, and we know personally people who have built over 100,000 subscribers and their Instagram account gets shut down just like that, right? And it gets shut down. Once it's shut down, you, you can't do anything, right? Like this is like Zuck. You, you know, it's just like, well, it's just suck. You, like they own it. And so you do not own that, you know, whether it's your Google My Business account, whether it's, you know, like now we own it, but we're renting it, right? And so ultimately we want to take the, the, the traffic that we're paying for, you know, we're, we're generating leads, but we're also uh, taking the traffic that we're renting and we have to push this to a traffic that you own. You wanna push this to your own platform, right? This is why it's so crucial. You need to have your own CRM. And you know, we built our own CRM at Good Vibe Squad, uh, Loan More CRM. And so it's really important, uh, you know, whether you're using uh, um, you know, uh, a mortgage CRM, uh, your own CRM, your own database, right? You wanna be able to own this and more importantly, build a relationship with your audience, right? This is also what separates, you know, uh, I was actually, I was listening to uh, um, a, a podcast from the, uh, from the um, like manager of Mr. Beast, okay? So for, for our listeners, um, if you guys, uh, if, you do, if you guys don't know who Mr. Beast is, so Mr. Beast is the number one YouTuber in the whole world. He has over 200 million subscribers in, uh, in across all of his YouTube channels. And, um, you know, we, we have actually started working together with uh, his mentor, Daryl Eves. Um, Daryl is amazing. He's like a YouTube master. He's the one that really has uh, taught and, and helped uh, Mr. Beast grow to being the number one YouTuber. And, and, you and know, we started uh, net worth of 110 million, by the way simply through his endeavors in YouTube, which oh. is phenomenal. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, he's, he's actually, uh, he got offered a billion dollars for all of his YouTube assets. Really? True story. So he got offered a billion. So one B would it be $1 billion for all of his YouTube assets and he turned it down. So he's basically <laughs> the first billionaire, uh, just straight up from YouTube guys. That's just amazing. insane. Insane numbers. And so, uh, so he got offered, uh, um, you know, over a billion dollars for this. Um, but here's the thing. He turned it down because, I mean, he's making more than that, right? And he's actually worth uh, more than that now. Uh, but um, his manager was talking about how, so he, he has a manager. He's, they're like a sports, think of it like a sports agent, right? If you want to hire him or if you want to do this, you got to go through his agent. And so this agent uh, he was talking about how he only handles YouTube, uh, YouTube uh, uh, personalities. He does not handle TikTok personalities just because, um, he, you know, this recent like VidCon, which is like a video conference that they have, uh, they even saw like TikTok uh, um, like speakers that has like over millions of subscribers in TikTok, okay? 
um, but then uh, they couldn't even fill up the room. Like they were having this talk, they, they have like millions of followers and they couldn't fill up the room. And, and, and so he was like, yeah, man, like, yeah, you could have a million subscribers uh, in TikTok, but here's the, the, the difference here, is you think about, think about your habits even with TikTok. Uh, there's actually a, a, a comedian that I really love. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember his name. Uh, I've watched like, I would say like hundreds of videos at this point because he's super funny. It's him and his wife. Um, but like, I don't even remember their names right now. But just because it's like 15 seconds, 30 seconds, it's like super short, right? And so the difference here is uh, whether whatever platform you're using, that's not really my point. My point is when you build your own database, your own audience that you own, the most important key piece here is you need to build a relationship, right? And that is why YouTube or even a podcast such as this, you know, having a podcast, having something that's long form, whether it's like in Facebook or YouTube, something long form where you could actually build a relationship with your audience, this is much more, this is much more powerful uh, than having, you know, a million subscribers that don't know who you are, right? They just consume your content and there's no relationship to it. So that's like really key here is because you want to be able to actually uh, uh, build that like relationship and uh, get them to actually like know, like, and trust you by getting more personal, right? Like building like true relationship with them. Uh, and, and that is what allows you to build your own platform and not be just reliant on, uh, on just like paid marketing, which is still very important, right? We want to leverage this because right now, this is arbitrage, guys. It is so much cheaper now to buy traffic now, you know, uh, compared to just like building it on your own, right? It yeah. just takes time, right? Uh, and then you combine that with organic channels where you're able to build content that you can uh, uh, build trust with your audience, right? Like it's all about like trust building. And the easiest way to gain trust, guys, to, you know, what's the, what's the best way? How can you prove to someone that you could help them? Well, you prove to someone that you could help them by actually helping them solve a small problem, right? Like just help them just solve a small problem. Because if you could help them solve a small problem, well, now they'll actually trust you to solve the big problem, right? Like that's the easiest hack here, right? And so that's where you start. Just, just what is something, think about something that you could actually legitimately help them. You know, part of that is through education, right? Uh, in social media, um, you know, adding entertainment there uh, is also really valuable. Um, but even if you just focus on just legitimately helping people through education, um, that is a first step, first step for them to actually getting to know you and your brand and, 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 and have that relationship so that when they actually, when you hop on a call with them, well, now you're just like, as long as you focus on serving them, it's the selling part is just easy. Right. It goes back to what uh, uh, what was her name? Barry Baumgartner said at the uh, Mastermind in Paradise in Mexico. Um, she said, uh, um, "Serve hard, sell easy." And I thought that that was a beautiful. Uh, oh yeah, it's a beautiful way to break that down. Um, so, I love that. So okay, that, I mean that's a lot of information to take in. So so for those that are listening to this, um, obviously, like any hierarchy, there's 1% at the top that are, you know, I mean, th those are really the nine figure producers, right? Um, then there's, you know, 4% underneath them that are doing really well, maybe, maybe mid 
eight, eight figure producers. Uh, uh, and then there's, you know, 15% below that that are above average. Their bills are paid. They got some money set aside, but they're, you know, they're, there's room for growth. And then underneath that, you really got the 80% at the bottom. That's either barely getting by or, or really they're, they're not, uh, um, you know, and so, um, let's talk to somebody who is maybe somewhere in the middle 50, right? They're, they're not, I mean, cause obviously the top 1% doesn't need this advice. They've got teams and they got, you know, they're, they're paying for services. They got this all figured out, but for somebody who might not be there, maybe they have a small team or maybe it's just them. They have some production coming in. Uh, uh, but you know, it's like, it's hard to be the originator and the social media manager and, you know, it, it, they have you know, the hats that they're wearing start to pile up. Um, what is maybe one or two pieces of advice you'd give somebody in that situation on how they can use some of what we've talked about today? Uh, sure. I mean, especially, I mean, if, if you're kind of just, if you're kind of in the beginning stages there, or, or maybe you're, uh, you know, you already have like built a good, uh, book of business, but you know, you, you still haven't uh, created this like inbound, um, you know, on-demand uh, like marketing. Well, uh, the easiest way would be to really just focus on the Jaime principle again, right? Like I really, I really believe in this because there's a lot of, there's, there is an influx of so much information out there now that you really almost have to be careful, honestly. We even coach our members here, our member partners in Good Vibe Squad, um, that a lot of even what we talked about in this episode, guys, some of these things, depending on where you are, could also potentially, potentially be a distraction, right? It just depends on what stage you're in. And that's why I, you know, we talked about a lot of like different phases, right? Um, and so I would just say, like, just keep it simple, right? Uh, keep it simple. Choose one platform right now. Now, you know, I would do the first thing that I, I talked about. Just set up your profiles first, right? Uh, get started with that. Um, uh, set up your profiles. Um, and then I would say uh, just be clear. You know, we, we train about this. Uh, we do coaching uh, for our community at Good Vibe Squad for this. But, you know, an easy way to think about this is you, you want to think about your origin story, right? Um, and really, the origin story, guys, uh, this is a very foundational piece to you, and it doesn't matter what business you have, you, you wanna have this because it talks about the hero's journey, okay? Um, it follows this concept of the hero's journey, um, you know, shout out to uh, Donald Miller, who wrote an amazing book called Story Brand. If you guys uh, haven't read this, I highly recommend reading it. Um, and really, the hero's journey talks about this concept where this is a formula that if you go to Hollywood and you pitch, uh, if you're a producer, you're screen screenwriter, scriptwriter, and you pitch Hollywood, uh, they will look at your script and they will overlay this hero's journey formula and every other commercially successful movies out there follow the same exact formula of the hero's journey. And if you break it, usually uh, one is they, they won't fund your movie, first of all, or second is there's a high likelihood that your movie bombs just badly, yeah, okay, wow. commercially. Um, and so what the hero's journey really is, is it, it follows this like, first is you, you have a, a character, right? And uh, there's always a backstory for this character. 
And so you have your hero. There's always a backstory and something that they're struggling with, right? And now they, uh, they're, they're struggling something and they want to accomplish something. And so they start and they, they begin this journey, right? And throughout this journey, um, they uh, usually meet a guide, right? And this guide, so, you know, whether it's Star Wars, uh, um, you know, with Luke Skywalker, uh, meeting Yoda, uh, the guide, it could also be Harry Potter, right? So Harry Potter... Uh, uh, meeting the guide, right? Dumbledore, right? It could be uh, same thing with uh, Katniss Everdeen, right? Um, uh, with Hunger Games, um, the, it's, it's it, all of the movies Shrek follow this beat formula. Donkey, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's... exactly, right? And so you, you meet this guide, and so when you meet this guide, they uh, now they go on this journey. They, the the guide gives them a map, right? Gives them a map, you know, points them in the right direction, and now they go on this journey. And then throughout this journey, there's usually uh, uh, there's a threat, right? And without threats, if there's no danger, there's no uh, there's no point to the story, right? People will feel disengaged. There needs to be some sort of real threat, and they go to this journey and they either succeed or they fail. And uh, and usually, the higher the stakes, the more that you are engaged into the story, right? So there needs to be like a high stake there. Now, um, okay, so how does this relate to you as a business owner or for mortgage professionals? Um, okay, so how does this relate to you guys, right? Um, we've actually created a framework for a, in Good Vibe Squad where uh, we call it the, uh, the where, how, and what framework. So you, you answer three questions when you create your origin story. First is where did you come from, okay? Um, uh, basically, like what led you to get to where you are today in, you know, being a, a mortgage loan originator, right? So where did you come from? Number one. Two is how have you evolved? And number three is through that evolution, what is your mission now and what you stand for in doing what you do today, right? And so I'll give you a, a, an example of this. Um, again, following the hero's journey, you always want to have a backstory, right, uh, about you. So, um, you know, for example, uh, for myself, you know, um, I have a backstory. Preston has a backstory. Um, you know, we have a backstory on, on why we built Good Vibe Squad, for example. Um, and so, you know, I'm a first generation immigrant, you know, moved here in the United States, right? Um, and, you know, like I, I had nothing, like when I first moved out here. And so, um, and, and, you know, I, I was struggling in the beginning. Um, you know, trying to figure out, you know, my background was actually IT. Uh, I, I couldn't find a job because I was like, you know, fresh, fresh off the boat uh, <laughs> is what they say. Um, and uh, but the thing is, um, you know, I, I struggled, really. I really did struggle. And I got to a point where I was even working two jobs, guys. And this is a true story. Um, my I was working in the med tech uh, uh, pathology lab uh, in New York. I was working two full-time jobs, probably one of the hardest thing I have to do, was uh, I was work in the pathology lab from 3 p.m. all the way down to 11.30 p.m. Uh, during my first shift. And then I would drive from the pathology lab uh, at 11.30 to 12 midnight. And then I would work my second shift from 12 midnight all the way down to 8 a.m., okay? And so throughout this experience, it was, it was crazy. Um, but because of this experience, um, it was one night I was driving in New York. This was wintertime. Um, you know, I was groggy. haven't really slept that much. And, um, you know, uh, uh, if you guys uh, are familiar with, like, snow, usually after a snow and it rains, you get black ice. 
okay, on the roads. So I was driving, and the car right in front of me stopped, you know, um, you know and then, and then I, I, so I, I hit brake, but then I hit black ice at this time. And so I was really, uh, I was about to hit this car right in front of me. And um, at that moment, like, it just struck to me, oh, my gosh, you know, like, like, I was about to legit get into an accident at this point, you know. And so, thankfully, there wasn't any car in the side uh, uh, of the road for me, and I was able to, like, swivel to the other uh, uh, lane. But at that point, I'm like, McBilly, what the hell are you doing, right? And so, at that point, it, it made me realize, like, man, I have, to, I have to do something that I actually want, right? And so, I was kind of just stuck in this, like, hamster wheel, and then from that point, um, I, I quit my job the next day, uh, the next week, um, the first job, and then the following week, I quit the second job. And then really, I pursued and I went on my journey, right? I went on my journey. And, um, you know, through that journey, um, you know, I, I met Preston. Um, you know, I started my own marketing agency. Preston had his own marketing agency. And, um, you know, throughout the journey, um, you know, we even co-founded uh, a separate software company that uh, Preston and I uh, uh, co-founded and worked together with. Um, you know, we were able to build this software company from zero to 15 million within two years. Um, but this was a different industry. And so it was really hard for us because we could not serve two masters, right? Um, we had to make a decision. And so we, we successfully exited and sold that software company um, after that two years. And now we just went in into Good Vibe Squad, okay? Um, and so, um, and so the second question is, how have you evolved in that, right? How have you evolved? And so, uh, there's always something that you may be struggling with, um, and there's always the 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 focus here is there's transformation, right? There must be a transformation that happens through this journey for you. And so, for us, for example, uh, uh, back in this is 20, 2019 is when Preston and I, when we when we were starting out and you know, uh, we were getting some success already. Uh, we were getting more success and we wanted to really define, hey, we were at a mastermind in Florida um, and we were uh, uh, having more, uh, uh, more success already, but we wanted to really define like, all right, why are we really doing this, right? Like what's the, what are we, what's the mission here? Um, and, and it's so easy to just think about like, yeah, uh, you know, it's kind of a cliche thing to, to think about, but really the reality is you know, when we sold that software company and, and we, uh, we think about, like, what do we actually do uh, in, in, in Good Vibe Squad and helping uh, mortgage loan originators? I mean, I'm going to be honest, guys. I'm not waking, you know, every, I'm not waking up every morning saying, like, man, I am excited to help a loan officer, right? Um, and, you know, that's not something uh, um, that, 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 like, you know, I, I, I think about. However, we had to create a way to really make that a reality so that we could be in integrity and define what is our mission, right? And so really our mission is helping everyone reach ownership. And that is uh, for our, our mortgage professionals, um, you know, helping them reach ownership in their business, right? Helping the consumers and really understanding that, hey, when we help loan officers, we're not just helping loan officers. We're helping the families that you guys help, right? We're helping the families, and, and it's interesting because when you think about the, the, how important this is, one of the single biggest factor in a child's success is their zip code, right? So what that means is when, we, when you guys help, when loan officers help families 
you know, get them from like, you know, bad neighborhoods, uh, bad apartment complexes, moving them to safer neighborhoods, better schools. You guys are literally creating such an impact with uh, uh, affecting bloodlines, right? And so now that is a mission that we can really stand for, right? Um, so we're helping the families uh, reach ownership. Uh, we're helping uh, our, 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 you know, member partners, our lenders, uh, get ownership in their business, but then also we're helping our team members at Good Vibe Squad have ownership in their lives, right? So now, so that's the third thing is, what is the mission that you're on now, right? And that is something bigger, right? It's not just about, uh, uh, you know, selling a house. It's, it, it has to be bigger than that so that people can get behind you. And, and now you, you also have something to stand for that is bigger than just selling a house, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a great example of, of talking about the hero's journey and, and how our origin story relates to that just through our own, the lens of our business, you know, going through uh, building from nothing, the, the, the struggles we went through, um, all the way up to having some wind in our sails, build a, a software company that, that we, you know, sold our equity in and, and exited successfully. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, I hope they're doing great still, and 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 but but our journey shifted right, and then we really honed in and defined our mission, and uh, you know it, it kind of reminds me just the, the hero's journey is kind of there's this there's this climb and there's pitfalls and there's moments that the hero almost dies, but then they they you know reclaim their 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 glory and then they encounter maybe they they have another maybe they lose to the to the villain uh, you know in the first half of the movie but then they you know something happens they train they get better they get smarter and then they fight them again and then they're victorious and so the hero's journey like if you think about like McBee was saying um, Star Wars is actually probably one of the easiest examples but even Shrek follows like if you, if you like let's just compare those two let's compare Star Wars to Shrek there's moments where there's this origin story where they don't want anything to do with any of this they're you know Shrek was in the swamp uh, 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 you know, Luke was, I mean, just hanging out. I mean, he was just chilling on a, <laughs> like a desolate planet, and just, planet. you know, he was like <laughs> a farmer kid and, uh, that, that built race. You know, I don't even know what they're called, but like race. Yeah. Like, floaty. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you call that. I don't know the official Star Wars term. So Star Wars heads are going to be pissed about this episode. Oh my god! But yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, um, uh, Trekkies <laughs> won today. So so uh, uh, but you know he 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 was there, which was the Star Wars equivalent of the swamp, right? And and they both were kind of called to action through this process. Something happened that that took them on this journey. There's you know if you think of both of them. Uh, uh, Star Wars has had a series throughout all of them of, of um, kind of a damsel in distress. Shrek obviously had Fiona. There was a villain in Shrek that was Farquaad in Star Wars. I mean, there's a series of them, but Darth Vader's the most notable, uh, you know, and so um, which obviously uh, adds a very, you know, like McBee was saying, the, 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 the higher the stakes normally, the more somebody's engaged you know, Luke has to confront the fact that the main villain, the person he's been fighting ends up being his father, his own dad. And, and so, you know, there's so much that goes into that, uh, to make it a pivotal and engaging story. But if you look back at star Wars, you know, it's interesting. It had probably one of the best story arcs ever. And that's why it was successful. But if you look at it from a technological, like watch the original, 
it was not a great movie for, from a production value standpoint. It was kind of like a high school project on steroids that ended up becoming because the story was so good. People loved it, even though they I mean, it was not that great. The costumes were meh. Now, Disney obviously mm-hmm. owns it and it gets a lot better. And so but but still, there's there's a lesson there. Like if the story is good, people will have grace for everything else. Right. And Star Wars nailed right. the story. And that story arc, uh, the hero's journey that he referenced, um, you know, if you do look at the comparisons between Shrek and Star Wars, between, I mean, think of any, any Lion King is even this way, right? I mean, you know, you have, you have uh, Simba, you got uh, 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 the, the, the guides, you Mufasa. know, instead of Yoda, it's the, the you know, um, the pig and the whatever, the little thing. The, uh, Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I'm like the gerbil Timon and the pig. And I, you know, <laughs> I'm not an animal guy, okay? Uh, but, uh, but you know, that, that there's, there's like literal examples. It's the exact same framework, but different stories, right? And so what is your version of the hero's journey? What's the villain, right? This could be about, you know, the, the defining these kind of things. The villain could be, some people decide to make it rocket mortgage. Some people decide to make it, um, you know, the idea of not ever owning a home or, or you know, the difficulties that, that people, you know, the competitors make it. Like home buying doesn't have to be hard, right? Well, that's essentially saying that people are making it hard. Well, that's the villain, right? So it's like defining what that is for you, defining wh- what the villain is, how you're the hero. Well, you actually, and, and more importantly, you're not the hero, recognizing that you're the guide and the borrower is the hero all along is actually really the meta level position to take here. Most people hear a hero's journey and go, Oh, I'm the hero. And it's like, you need to construct the hero's journey within your own life, but understand that what you communicate, you are the guide. You will always right. be the Yoda. You will always be the donkey. You will always be the Simone and Pumbaa. That's, that's your role in this story, right? It's just you need to be involved enough. You need to be kind of meta puppet master in this whole thing enough to understand that while your role in this on paper is the guide, if you don't create the hero's journey for your borrower, nobody else will. Right. And, and yeah, and that's an important uh, distinction there, Preston. You know, uh, obviously the framework that we talk about when you're creating your own origin story, um, you're obviously the hero in that origin story. But when you're communicating with your borrowers, you know, everybody in their mind, well, they're the hero, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's also a fallacy that most people uh, think about uh, and do when they're doing marketing is, well, they're all just talking about themselves, right? Me, like if I'm just like, yeah, if I'm just hyping myself up, well, if, if, if you're constantly hyping yourself up and you, you talk about yourself as the hero, well, there's going to be cognitive dis- dissonance in their mind because, well, there can only be one hero in every story. And so if you're the hero, well, but I'm also the hero, and now there's a disconnect, right? And so it's really important that, yes, you know, you want to create your own origin story uh, as the hero of your own story, but when you're positioning it for your borrowers, for your customers, you are the guide, right? You are Yoda to their Luke Skywalker, Yeah, right? that's great. And so, yeah, I mean, that's that's really, really important, and that's really going to be really powerful because that can that that is like your foundation uh when you start actually putting out uh um you know more content you know content marketing 
um, uh, uh, and really building that into your storytelling, right? Because again, it's all about stories here, right? It's all about storytelling. And the most powerful story that you guys could ever do about yourself, your brand, uh, you know, what you do, is the most powerful story are people, are, are the, the most powerful stories are stories that people are able to retell, right? That means it has to be simple, it has to be something that can easily be associated back to you, right? Those are the powerful stories. Yeah, I like that. Well, we've gone over a lot, McBee. Um, you know, let's let's just do a quick recap. Um, so obviously, listeners should have a combination of uh, uh, you know uh, organic stuff. There should be paid stuff. These things obviously mm-hmm. uh, uh, feed each other uh, and and kind of create that. Uh, uh, you know, that motion there of where it just circulates. The flywheel. Yep. Yeah, the flywheel. Uh, so so that's obviously, you know, if, if you don't have time, paid traffic's a great starting point. If you don't have money, organic's a great starting point. Um, hopefully you have money and time. You should do both simultaneous, not sequential. That's, I think, an important lesson in business is yeah. um, anything that you do sequentially you get there a lot slower. It's like if you have the resources, do them simultaneously. Um, you know, if you're looking to uh, another example of that is in organic, even though organic is if you have time, but if you really want to do organic and you have money, hire somebody to, to manage that for you, to support you in that so that you're really just the attractive character of your brand. You're not the attractive character, the video editor, the photo editor, the social media manager, right? It's like, it's, it's a full-time job to be an attractive character if that's really what you're doing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so it's like McBee and I work long hours. I mean, we spent two days, you know, recently masterminding and, and one full day shooting content. I mean, it's like, it's a full-time gig if you're really doing it. Um, so, you know, the recommendation there is, um, spend the resources you got to get more resources. And, uh, if you got money, paid if you got time organic uh and and then also on that vein uh mcbee mentioned the jaime principle which shout out to uh, our friend mark joiner who introduced us to that at uh, Mm. at a mastermind in thailand in 2019 Uh, um, but uh, uh high impact minimal effort that's a really important thing because when you're evaluating what you could do there's a lot of things you can do that we've talked about. You know, thousands of marketing concepts and strategies that you could deploy and tactics you could deploy. But ultimately, what's the most important thing you should do right now, right? Um, I think that goes back to what McBee said. If you don't have these uh, minimum viable profiles, a, a phenomenal starting point uh, uh, to give yourself a presence, um, you know, with with your audience. And if, and if you don't have an audience, let's it's time to get started. There's you know we can't circumvent this. You know, Mr. Beast didn't just wake up one day and have a net worth of 100 million with all of his followers. This he's been building this thing. Now he's very strategic. He's got great advisors. He has a big budget at this point. But there was a time he didn't. There was a time when his videos sucked. There was a time where nobody paid attention, and he still showed up and did the work. So that's another part of this is like if you don't have an audience, time to just show up even when nobody's there. Okay, that's important. Oftentimes we'll see people that get discouraged because they're like, oh, I'm, you know, I got a Facebook. What's the point of posting? There's nobody there. Well, get busy finding people, but also stay busy making enough content that people want to engage with you, right? This is kind of that chicken or the egg catch 22 concept. It's like, yeah, you probably don't have an audience because there's nothing compelling enough yet to attract people to become the audience. 
So what do we do first? Well, even in absence of an audience, you should probably start making content. I, I think that's a fair mm-hmm. rule, right? Um, so Jaime principle, what's the biggest, you know, what's the highest impact with the minimal effort start there and always use that as a filter as you're doing this. And, you know, as you continue to grow and you continue to make more money, now you can hire and buy your time back and you can look for the next highest impact minimal effort thing because you've delegated out a lot of the, the lower, uh, uh, impact or higher effort initiatives. Um, so I think that those are some great starting points for people. Um, and then obviously if you're just, uh, I mean, what accelerates all of this is if you got the website, if you got the social, if you got the audience to an extent and you're just looking to pour gas on the fire, paid traffic, you know, uh, uh, uh taking control of that's an, an obvious no brainer, um, to just really take it to the next level. I think, I think that's a lot of great stuff, uh, McBee for people to marinate. And for those that are listening mm-hmm. or watching, I'd recommend maybe just going through this one, two, three times until you pick up a handful of things that are, you know, we talked about a lot in this episode, yeah, um, and, but it's going to be different for everybody that's watching it. Cause d- depending on where you're at in your journey, you're going to hear a different thing. Okay. So I would recommend listening to this once just to be like, get to get some info and then listen to it again to be like, okay, now that I heard the info and I, I kind of get the info, what stands out to me that I want to do? So listen to it once to kind of create a war plan and then take action. Just take massive action on what that thing is. Um, I think that that would be huge. Um, in the spirit of consistency, McBee, I always like to, to ask uh, the people that join me on the podcast, what is a book that you've gone through uh, recently that you felt was transformative and really helped you level up that you feel the, the audience should check out? Um, sure. Uh, well, mm, the most recent book that I, uh, read, uh, really amazing book was the, uh, what is it? The four, oh, the four obsessions, four obsessions. Yeah. So four obsessions of an extraordinary executive mm-hmm. by, uh, Patrick Lencioni. Amazing, amazing book. Um, now that is, you know, that's, that's just also, you know, uh, in our phase right now, where, um, you know, we're, we're growing our team, right? We're, we're building, I mean, you know, we're, we're just like, we are in this phase right now, we're actually rolling out EOS for our organization at Good Vibe Squad. Uh, EOS is a framework that stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System. It's, uh, and that book is just amazing. Uh, it talks about, you know, organization health, um, and uh, defining uh, cl- I mean, like organization clarity mm. um, and building a, a, a healthy and amazing leadership uh, uh, team uh, for your organization. Just an amazing book. Um, now, uh, I think you know, if you're in that stage where you are uh, hiring and training and, and building teams and building your organization, that is an amazing book. Um, for If you're not on that stage, though, um, the, the other book that I was recently reviewing, and I've read this, uh, a couple years back, but I, I was reviewing it, uh, was, um, uh, a contagious. So this book, uh, really talks about the science of virality, uh, amazing book because, you know, especially, you know, we were talking, we're talking about like content marketing today, organic, uh, organic content, organic marketing with paid it's really important to, to understand the science, right? Because it's both a science and an art. And so, you know, in that book, I'll just give you a quick, um, there's one thing there that like is really, I'll, I'll end the, the episode with this, Preston. Um, in that book, he talks about the powers 
of triggers. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and so the one of the most powerful thing that you guys could do is uh, uh, is having triggers so that people remember you, um, and the power of association, right? Um, and really, uh, uh, the the one of the examples that he talks about in the book is what do you think would be more would be more shareable, right? Like is more popular, uh, higher shares, uh, more viral, right? Um, would it be Disney World, which is like the happiest place on earth, or breakfast cereal, right? So Honey Nut Cheerios, right? So, I mean, let me ask you that, Preston. Which one do you think gets more shares and is more viral? Is it Disney World or Honey Nut Cheerios? Well, my natural inclination is Disney, but I, I got the inside baseball on this one. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, in that book, you know, I mean, typically you would think, right, it's like Disney World, which is like the happiest place on earth. But uh, in the book, he talks about how uh, cereal is actually more viral and it has more shares. Um, people talk about it more because if you think about it, it's because of triggers. And so Disney, even Disney World, which is like the, the happiest place on earth, you don't really think about it every day, right? Like you really don't. You maybe think about it when you're going on vacation, you've you got kids, you're planning for a trip, you know, stuff like that. But with cereals though, you literally, cereal is associated with breakfast. And so breakfast, well, it happens every day, right? right. And so because of that, it just gets more shares. And so the, so the, what is the lesson here is what is something that you can associate yourself with that can trigger people uh, um, from a marketing perspective? So the best example here is what KitKat did. So KitKat, like the chocolate bars, uh, for the longest time they were struggling and what they did was they associated themselves with coffee and taking a break, right? Like literally that's their tagline. I was like, have a Kit Kat, have a break, right? And so, well, Smart. what happens every single day for you know almost everyone is, well, you take a break every day, right? And so, and then you have coffee every day. And so when they associated Kit Kat with coffee and taking breaks, their sales skyrocketed. That's cool. So what is something that you can associate yourself with that can form as trigger points for something that uh, so that can get you top of mind? I love it. That's a great use of anchoring too, just to, to be like, everybody's having breaks, so let's just put ourselves in there, you know? Which is actually, mm-hmm. from a brand standpoint, A, it's NLP, which is great. But on the other hand, it's like it's it's actually beautiful. It's like the whole A disease smile thing arrow on Amazon. It's like sometimes you just hear a brand thing. You're like, that's oh, yeah. actually brilliant. Because what do you do with a Kit Kat bar? You break it. So it's like it's it's really dual meaning. I think that's beautiful. And they, they really put themselves into something everybody, at least if they don't have them, they want them, right? Breaks breaks are good uh, when it comes yep. to work. So <laughs> that's true. That's, 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 that's actually a really uh, that's a great uh, uh, branding move. Um, okay, so the books that you're recommending, if you are at a point where you're building a team and you're looking to systematize, create structure, create order, uh, uh, and make a little bit of sense out of the chaos, you're recommending four obsessions of an extraordinary executive. And if somebody's looking to get into the content game and to to build out, I mean, it's, honestly, if you're at the point where you're like, I need these minimal viable profiles, I need to start to understand this, it sounds like Contagious is a great book to read. Yes, 100%. Awesome. 
There you have it. Well, guys, you uh, you got to spend uh, roughly an hour and a half with myself and my awesome business partner, one of my best friends, uh, McBilly C, co-founder of Good Vibe Squad, one of the most brilliant marketers that I, I've ever had the opportunity to spend time with. Um, just really brilliant mind in this space. So um, I think today was, t- t- this episode is one of those that uh, go through a few times. You're going to get a little bit different stuff every time you go through it. Um, but there was a lot of information and, and, uh, uh, I think that there's some actionable stuff in here for almost everybody. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I'm so happy to be here. Um, and, uh, you know, thanks for having me, dude. Um, you know, there's, uh, if, if there's anything that you guys need, um, you could DM me, you know, ping me, uh, you know, you ping us in, in our social media accounts. Um, I mean, you know, we're practitioners, everything that we talked about today, you know, we're, you know, this isn't theory guys. We do this and we live this every day. So, um, yeah, if you guys need anything, you know, uh, uh, ping us in social, uh, reach out to us, uh, feel free. Um, we're here to, to, you know, provide value to you guys. And, um, yeah. Well, sounds like a wrap. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks again for joining us.